0: Hello and welcome to the Teacher Forest podcast. I am Alfonso Mangubat, a teacher in the Philippines working in Key School, Manila. I've been teaching for over seven years now in local and international schools here in the Philippines. My experiences in those schools has led me to start this podcast on teaching and learning, as well as reflecting on my journey as a teacher in the Philippines. I hope you enjoy this first episode. A few months ago, I had the nerve-wracking opportunity of being observed inside my classroom. Normally, I wouldn't fret about classroom observations. Most especially, I know that it is an assessment of how I teach and manage my classes. But what made this observation different was the idea that it was a lesson-study and observation-observation. For those unfamiliar with the idea of a lesson-study and observation, here's a quick briefer for you. A lesson-study or observation happens when a curriculum subject expert is invited inside your classroom to observe a particular lesson and method of teaching inside the classroom. Teachers who handle the same subject, even if they are from different levels, are invited to observe as well. While there are no established protocols in our school when conducting lessons, based on my experience, this is what I have observed so far. The expert and observer teachers are not allowed to interact with the observed teacher and the students. Observers are given an observation sheet to look for evidence of each domain or method of teaching during the lesson. At the end of the observation, there is a debrief where the expert and teachers who have observed give their feedback. Like with any observation, there are always the good points, evidence of change or improvement, especially if this was the observed teacher's second observation and points for improvement. Since I've been with the school for quite some time, this is not my first lesson study experience, but of course it doesn't get any easier. For this session, I had a 60 minute class wherein I would have to discuss this teaching point. Engineers need a model to plan and visualize their engineering prototype. Being a science fair class, I was apprehensive of my capabilities to conduct this session. If this were a normal science class, I wouldn't worry because I would have already visualized my lessons and prepared all the materials beforehand. In this class though, I felt woolly unprepared, but I was thankful that our science coordinator called for a meeting to plan the development of the lesson. It was that planning session that I got my confidence boost and started visualizing how my lesson would progress from start, middle, and end. On the day of the lesson study, I calmly entered the classroom, shut off my brain from noticing the 15 teachers and that one expert with their clipboards hovering on the fringes of the classroom, and I began to teach. My lesson had two parts that day. A short discussion on models, wherein I asked my students to look at different blueprints, and a model and share some of the similarities and differences. I really wanted them to think about what models are and how it would help the science fair class. After they had gotten their idea on what models look like, I asked them to go to their groups and start building their models. They used different materials such as cardboard, paper, plastic cups, recycled materials to build their models all throughout this time i was busily hopping from one group to the next because i too had brought my own clipboard and in that clipboard i had some questions that i'd want to ask them like what is your plan what does your model look like why did you use that material what does that material represent what do you think are what do you think would be the best way to build your model? Some very interesting questions. By the end of the class I had already conferred with each group and their plan of action, as well as provided them with feedback on their initial model. I was quite ready to hear my debrief. After my lesson, we went to the school's library where everybody gathered around a long table and started sharing some of their observations and also some things that they noticed inside my classroom. I was seated right beside the expert who also gave her feedback on how I managed my class. One thing that really stuck struck me was that she said that after observing me for the second time, She had seen a lot of change from the first observation two years ago. She really saw how I grew as a science teacher, incorporating a lot of questions that would help my students understand and know what their science project is all about. She also took stock of how I managed my students, especially because these were grade three students a level that I was not totally familiar or comfortable with. But she noticed that I was at ease with the way I interacted with my students. And for me, that was a good affirmation. Doing the lesson study and observation, though mind-boggling and always nerve-wracking, was an opportunity for me to be observed and be given recommendations on how to further improve my teaching and classroom management It is because of this experience that I'd like to share some of my takeaways from this whole experience. Number one, despite being one of the more senior teachers in the school, the experience always puts one on their toes and pushes us to not rest on our laurels or our achievements. For curriculum to remain top-notch, everybody needs to observe how one teacher teaches and provide feedback always. Second, it is not the job of the, of the expert to tell you what to do next. Instead, it's a learning opportunity for everyone involved to reevaluate the achievements and areas of improvement or refinement for the curriculum to remain top-notch. Prior to preparing for observation, it's really important to have curriculum planning because it helps teachers prepare for the whole experience whether it be old or new teachers. I'd also like to add to this. It is important not to over-prepare the lesson. During my first lesson study, I had the unfortunate experience of seeing my original plan change entirely because management wanted a flashier-looking class. If you know how your class and the way your students work, then keep it simple. In line with that last sub-point, on keeping things simple. The goal is not to astonish and amaze the expert, but to make the experience as authentic as possible. Students do not like to be surprised by the sudden change in the way you teach, because it ruins student engagement, and it doesn't give everyone a clear understanding or picture of who you are and what you do inside the classroom. Therefore, I'd like to say that the adage, fake it till you make it, does not apply here. Remember, the goal is feedback and refining teaching, not showy and flashy just to impress people. On the last note, I think it's always important to always be open to feedback. Open not just to the ideas of the expert, but also from your peers. Receiving expert feedback is fun, but those that come from your peers are better. Why? because they know what goes on in school and know how best to teach a class. They also know what examples you can use and what context would really help improve on your classroom teaching and learning. In the end, I came out of the lesson study happy and affirmed that there had been growth from my last observation to this one. The affirmation helped me know the areas that I need to improve in and also know that those areas that had been observed in the past are now my areas of strength. So in the end, despite being a nerve-wracking experience, this whole lesson study helped me know how much I've grown and helped me think of the new goals that I plan on doing and working on in the next few years. And that concludes the first ever episode of the Teacher Forest podcast. I hope that you are able to pick up a lot of ideas from this session on lesson studies and observations. I hope to hear from you soon, and don't forget to leave a comment below. Thank you.